0: Welcome to episode 220 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got Ethan Luck from Metal Up Your Podcast joining us. That's right. The
1: Metallica goodness just does not stop.
0: That's right. You I notice mean, it's like every few weeks there's some something about Metallica here.
1: And I'm okay with that.
0: That's Yeah, that's right.
1: I mean, is as anyone that listens to this for more than two seconds knows... I'm a rabid Metallica geek. They're my favorite band in the world. They're the best band in the world. And I don't give a fuck what you say they are, so eat a dick. Um, but at the same time, I also know that they could, you know, they could literally release uh, a record of, you know, them um, playing r- racquetball. No voices. Just, just, the, just if it was them in there playing racquetball, playing, you know, handball in that gym and you just hear the balls bouncing off the wall you wouldn't even know just to know that it's them in the room doing it i would fucking buy it and it would be better than saint anger it would be better than saint anger you're goddamn right it would (laughs) but i would buy it even if they even if they remaster saint anger i'll buy that goddamn thing that's right so yeah so to just keep having this Metallica content, I kind of feel guilty, like, you know, like my my preferences are hoarding yours or something sometimes,
0: you know? I love Metallica, so. I know you do, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just, you know,
1: uh, yeah, I'm just saying, so just, you know, to get. Yeah, you when have, are we going
0: to start doing Faith No More podcasts? Well,
1: I'm saying we can. Okay. We can <laughs> we can do all kinds of Faith No More and Guns N' Roses know. shit. <laughs> you know, no Spice Girl shit, but the other two I'm fine with. All day long. (laughs) Um, I I think, actually, uh, you know, I'd be down for another full-on Guns N' Roses discussion. We're probably due for that. Yeah. Um, Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, Tangent City there. But Ethan Luck is on the podcast. Now we've had both guys from Metal Up Your Podcast on the show. Um, So it is uh, quite an honor, and it's a really cool conversation.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that here in just a bit. But first, we need to let you know we're sponsored by DEB Concerts and Med Farm. Med Farm is a dispensary located here in Broken Air, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. You can't miss them. They're right off Highway 51 when you're driving between Broken Air and Coweta. They've got a huge selection. They're always running specials. They're always doing giveaways on Facebook. So give these guys a follow. It's M-E-D-P-H-A-R-M. Get in there, and if you've already got a card, all you got to do is go in there and say, Hey, Thunder Underground sent me, or I heard about you guys on Thunder Underground. And they'll give you 10% off your order, which is a very cool thing. But if you don't have a card and you need to see a doctor to get one, every Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., they have a doctor on site. So it's that simple. They are also family-owned, veteran-owned, And another thing that I forget to mention most most of the time is that, you know, they've posted about that they're 100% funded by themselves, where a ton of these dispensaries that are popping up around are, like, funded by outside, out-of-state investors, sometimes even out-of-country investors. So, you know, this is a true mom-and-pop style operation. And to top it off, 30% of their profits they're sending to help build no-kill animal shelters. So not only are they you know, a straight-up family-owned business, they're also doing something extremely good. They're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, get in there, check them out, tell them we sent you. Med, P-H-A-R-M on Facebook, and it's OK on Instagram. DEB Concerts. Maybe by now they've announced new shows, but as we've mentioned the last couple episodes, we're recording these things way in advance. So, all we can tell you, about D.E.B. is that they've brought in a ton of great shows here recently over the past year or two. They've brought in Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer, Dokken, Saxon, Jack Russell's Great White, Lita Ford, Striper, Bisto Blanco, Slaughter, Steelheart. They recently even brought Snoop Dogg and Nelly to the B.O.K. Center. So they've got some arena shows going on now. Most all our shows are always at the Ideal barroom, which is a fantastic venue. So give them a follow on Facebook, the Streets Gone Wild page, to find out any updates on upcoming shows. And we'll be mentioning more next week. And in the meantime, what we can tell you is that they booked all the bands for the DB Processing Stage at this year's Rocklahoma event. And this is their third year sponsoring that stage. It runs from May 23rd to 26th. And the d Processing Stage will feature a pre-party on Thursday night, headlined by Slaughter. It'll also feature Strutter, a Kiss tribute band, and Poster Child, and I believe Rocket Science. Yes. And then the other nights will be headlined by Bisto Blanco, um, Lita Ford, and Ace Freely. And those days will also feature sets from The Midnight Devils, Ratchet Dolls, Down for Five, Dead Metal Society, First Strike, Driver, Charlie Bonnet and the Falcon Gasholes, Grind, The Normandies, and Zen Hipster. Of course. Zen Hipster, we should also mention, will be opening for head PE at the shrine. That's right. May 7th. I don't know why we haven't mentioned that before this episode. Well, we've it, just been slacking. There's a lot of things going on
1: in That's right. Thunder Underground World, Zen Hipster World um and it, it, you know trying to keep them all straight may seventh at the shrine uh we're opening for head p e um i have tickets they're only ten bucks if you get them from me, so hit me up you know get at me and uh you, and you know, can
0: get at him by messaging Zen hipster on facebook or yeah. messaging us on facebook yes or us or dhan underground at gmail dot com that's right
1: just either or however you gotta do it yeah look us up and we'll we'll get you tickets.
0: Yeah. So that's not a DEB concert, but that kind of wrapped up DEB concert. There you go. So huge thank you to them. And a huge thank you to MedFarm. Of course. All right. So we mentioned in there Slaughter. Mark Slaughter was on this podcast just about three episodes ago. Yeah. We mentioned Bisto Blanco, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be on this podcast next week. If he's uh, not, you know, whatever. <laughs> I said he, Chuck Garrick. There's yes. not a human named Bisto Blanco. I don't know. <laughs> but nice anyway, nice. yeah. We've also recently, about two episodes ago, had this <clears throat> episode where we talked to Kevin Graham about the Metallica show in Kansas City. That you know we recorded it like right after this, the show, yeah. That night while we were drinking, you know, we also talked about the Wichita show and the Tulsa show, and then just random shows that the three of us had seen throughout the years. Yeah. But yes, yeah, speaking of Metallica, if you don't listen to Metal Up Your Podcast, I think that's kind of weird because they're pretty much the definitive source for Metallica these days, in my opinion, outside of Metallica.com. Yeah, I mean, not even more so than that, you know?
1: You're exactly <laughs> right. I mean, um, if other than, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, Metallica.com, anything you need to know or want to know or want to... Uh, you know, pose to them. Metal Up Your Podcast is a place to be. It really is.
0: Yeah. They've got an episode pretty much on every subject you could think of when you think of Metallica. Yes. They've covered it. They're they, both great to listen to, and they're both extremely knowledgeable, and they're both guys from the industry, so that helps out, I believe, as well with their input.
1: Oh, a ton. I mean, y- you're getting more than just a fan perspective. These guys are they are touring musicians. They're songwriters. Um, they're, they're crew members. Uh, they're band leaders. I mean, they're, they're session musicians. Um, this is their life. This is their profession. Uh, they know a ton. They know more than I'll ever know. And they're not fucking around. And he knows a shitload guys. Well, you know, I do what I can. (laughs) So in Metallica just happens to be both their favorite band. Um, you know, they, they do, they do work in so many genres, and that's fine. That's great. That's actually better, I think. Um, you know, it gives, it gives, um, it gives this band and this genre a fresh take. And so this is the place you want to be. I mean, if you're a diehard Metallica fan, you need to get on the metal up your podcast train. Uh, they've got a great, you know, culture growing over there. Uh, so many fans from all over the world. They do episodes on just certain years. They do gear episodes. I mean, you name it. You know, that announcement about S&M 2, they did a whole hour and a half just on that. Right. I mean, so uh, this is your one-stop shop for Metallica, hands down.
0: Yeah, the other half of Metal Up Your Podcast, Clint Wells, was on here on episode 207 back in January. So if you haven't heard that one. Go check that out as well. Exactly. But Jason mentioned how these guys, both of them, they record stuff and tour with musicians that are outside the genre of hard rock or metal, what you would think of in Metallica. And that's never been more evident than on their Covered Our World Blackened EPs. So we're going to play you a song right now from one of those. It's actually from the second EP, and this is Ethan's version of The Memory Remains. we Memory remains from Ethan Luck. That's a uh, pretty badass.
1: I think it is. I think it's. I like all of his reggae versions of these songs on on that EP. I think this is the best one. Um, it just, you know, it just snaps right into place and just grabs you, you know, immediately. Um, I love it. And uh, and it also just kind of speaks to you know his solo record. Yeah. Is a is you know. Right along these lines, um, if that's your thing. Let it burn. Uh, yeah, let it burn. It's a great fucking record. It's a great reggae record. It's just a great record in general. Um, the songwriting's out of this world. Um, just something you can relax to. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, so if you dig that version of The Memory Remains... They've uh, they put out two EPs so far. The first one I know you can find digitally, but the second one I think you can still only find if you're a Patreon yeah. or a patron, sorry, on their Patreon.
1: I know that they're working on a third one, so eventually this one will, right, will be made public. So, but you know, definitely uh, any any of these guys, you know, have Patreons, you know, try to help them out if you can. It just keeps us going. So definitely hit them up.
0: Yeah. So, Ethan Luck, you know, like we just talked about, has a reggae album. He's also toured with Kings of Leon. Recently, he's touring with Need to Breathe. He was in Demon Hunter. Yes. For a while, he was in Reliant. He's still in Reliant K, right? I you don't mean, think when so. When they're active,
1: I don't know. I don't think. Okay, I'm But I I, I, yeah, I don't. he was in
0: Reliant K. Yeah. Um, who am I missing?
1: Um, the Supertones. Oh, yeah, OC right. Supertones. That's right. So and yeah. I remember them from way back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, kinda that's kinda spans the gamut there. And then he's got the Reggae Solo album. And yeah, so check out Ethan's music and check out Metal Up Your Podcast. Definitely. All right, let's just get into this. Here's Ethan Luck. <laughs>
2: Especially when I tournament kings, I was like, "Yeah, oh, I was yeah. on. Tunnel, you were everywhere. So. Yeah, I was yeah. all over the world. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly." So, well, well, getting into the whole the metal up your podcast thing. I mean, oh,
2: we're started. Today. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, yeah. I know. it's real always record, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always, yeah.
1: But now I'm just uh, like, did no, I mean, would it have would it have started when it did, or would it have I mean, if hardwired wasn't out and it just kind of the whole Metallica machine was and back up and everybody was yeah.
2: excited or would it just have started at a random time anyway? It still would have started because the idea was initially on my end and um, I think I had the idea before it was leading up to Hardwired and I was just getting excited about the record because it was my first record in 8 years yeah. and I already had my other podcast going at the time called Pirate Satellite and I was like I love doing it but that was just me on my own and I thought I should do a Metallica podcast because I, I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast about a band I loved, especially a band that you could do so much content on. Um, and so I thought this would be really fun to do. And then the more I was starting to kind of like think about how to do it and stuff, I was like, I think it'd be better if a co-host. Um, and so that's when I called Clint, and we already we had that connection. That's kind of how we met. It was a bonding over Metallica, you know. <laughs> so I think it's it, yeah. I mean, I think it still would have happened. But I don't think it would have been nearly as good if it was just me. Oh, I know it wouldn't have been as good if it was just me. Because, you know, with, as you guys know, doing you know, two hosts, it's like you can bounce things off each other and and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it would have been interesting if it was just me. But I don't think it would have come close to what it's done with the two of us. Yeah. You know, and as far as how many downloads have gotten and fans and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I had a podcast fan come to the show last night in Wichita, you yeah. know. This guy named Joey. So, yeah, it's pretty it's it's crazy. It's weird. <laughs> but, and which leads
1: me to my next thing is, you know, it, it's almost like a culture's built up over over this podcast. Does, does that add more pressure or did you think it would get uh, this wide
2: open? I, I we wanted it to get where it is definitely, but it I kind of equate it to like being in a band, you know, it's like you start a band, you, you hope that you achieve this level of maybe popularity or to sell some records or get some fans. And we were, we hoped that for the podcast, well, it be so cool to like reach, they have this, yeah. the podcast has this huge audience, it'd be cool to somehow reach as many of them as possible. And we're not even close to what their fan base is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but for what we've done, I mean, it's definitely, it still surprises me sometimes, you know, we're. Especially like on the back end of where we upload our podcast to this site called Simplecast, you can look at a map of where everyone's listening to your podcast, which is crazy. And like, so sometimes you zoom out because you think like, you know, maybe it's just kind of regionally or like just in the US. And then all of a sudden we see that we have a ton of listeners in London, a ton in Australia. Yeah. And it's like, even like if it's a couple listener li- listens, but we have some like in random countries and like Russia. It's, it's so weird. Like. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, Metallica's most Bands, bands, their fan base is like, you know, they're in touch with each other and they, you know, people that are on the forums will talk about it or we've posted on the forums over the years. We were, we were much more active on the forums when we first started the podcast just to get the word out, but so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a trip to like, you know, look at it and be like, wow, we have like a lot of people that listen to this every week and yeah, stuff, yeah, and, you know, definitely. or even like throwing our pre-party before the Metallica show in, in Nashville, um, couple months ago i mean we had the bar packed out all night long you know and it was obviously it didn't hurt that metallic was playing the next day in nashville but it was still cool that like all these people were coming up to us had never met us in person it was like being in a band. like we had our merch set up with our t-shirts and all stuff and i brought my music to sell and it ended up feeling like we were doing a meet and greet it was so weird like just sitting by our merch booth we're like let's go hang back there for a minute And all of a sudden there's like a line of people that want to meet us. It's just, it just, yeah, that's the best way to describe it is it's like being in a band and all of a sudden you've got fans and people that know who you are and stuff. And and I've dealt with that for years and years, touring for 20 plus years now, but it's, it's super weird. (laughs) It's cool though. I'm stoked. It's, it's a cool community for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird that there was a void for you guys to fill because to me, I wouldn't think there would have been something years ago. Yeah. Right? like Kiss I, and all these other bands at that, that level. Yep. There was tons of these podcasts. Yeah. There's like six or seven Kiss podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Metallica. There's a few now, but they all seem to come around the same time you guys did. I think
2: it wasn't long after. Yeah. That. So the I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show or not, but um, I have a close friend named Ryan Downey who is a manager of this metal band I was in years ago, and um, I uh, hit him up. I'd already asked Clint to to do the podcast with me, and we were like. Spitballing names and all that stuff for the show, and we finally settled on one. I, I remember I was in Washington D.C. when I was touring with Kings of Leon. And I had a night off, and I was just in my hotel room, like coming up with ideas for the show and topics and all this stuff. And then I, I set up our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook that night. Then I took a screenshot of one of them, and sent it to my buddy Ryan. I was like, "Dude, check it out! I'm launching a Metallica podcast January January first of 17. Uh, and he replies back with a screenshot of. Speak and destroy. He goes, so am I. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. So there was talk for just a couple days, you know, if we should all do it together. Mm-hmm. Ryan was like, what if we teamed up and made this one thing? Um, and I think it would have been really cool. But I think just because Ryan lives in California, every episode would have to be remote. Yeah. At that point, you know, spent, and then with me and Clint, both traveling separately, it's like, man, I could be in London, Ryan could be in California and Clint could be in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it would just, just to work all that together, I think would have gotten really annoying, you know, Um, but Ryan's a great friend and and his, his show's good. And would have been, I think there could have been some cool possibilities with it, but I think, I think we made the right decision in doing it separately for sure. Well, he, he doesn't do near as many, uh, episodes as you guys yeah i mean we have we got i don't think we've missed i think we missed one monday or it came out like a day or two late Uh, but i mean we haven't really missed a week with we've never had a week where no content has been put out you know um i think even for this monday because of our touring schedules i think we're going to do something a little different but there's still going to be something on monday Mm -hmm. you know that's just kind of sometimes it has to work that way we can't always you know dive deep into something especially when we're traveling you know and and this tour I'm on now, it's like I have way less days off than I did in the past when I was with Kings. Like those guys would take a ton of days off. So I and I had my hotel room every day off. So it was like I had like three days a week where I had, if I wanted, nothing to do. Yeah. And I could just hit a Clint, and be like, hey, I've got these three days totally wide open. Where this one's a little different, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, going back to what he said, I remember it was Thanksgiving break, I think, of a couple of years ago, and I was listening to Gene Simmons on Chris Jericho. And he, Dean Simmons said, Kiss is the band that's got the most amount of podcasts, whatever. Yeah. So that got me thinking, well, I wonder, yeah, there's got to be. And you and Alpha Metallica were the first things that came up. Yeah. And so I just spent the whole break uh, just catching up on all that because I'm a Metallica nut. Sure, yeah. But it's just like, I, I
2: would have figured something would have been started forever ago. Man, even before I asked, <clears throat> I asked Clint to, to, if he wanted to do it with me, um... I looked and looked and looked and could not find another Metallica podcast. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. And then at one point I found an article from like three years before and I want to say it was a similar name to like Metal Up Your Cast or something. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think I already have that one of those names. I still have the list in my phone of all the potential <laughs> names. And one of the names I thought of ended up becoming another Metallica podcast later. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it I think my wife ended up finding one, what's it called, Chat. Yeah. Um, and the, I don't think they do every week at all, you know. And um, and they didn't, from what I could tell, like, there weren't any reviews on theirs. Like, nobody knew about it. So the one technically existed just before ours. Um, and so we kind of came out of the gate swinging. Like, we dropped three episodes the first day and haven't missed a week since. And so, and then I think Alpha Metallica was, like, Tom did his maybe... Two or three months later, he launched his, and then Ryan ended up not launching Speak and Destroy, I think, until that summer, maybe. But, and his is cool. His is a whole different flavor, because he's a journalist. Like, he, you know, he's done that kind of entertainment reporting and all that stuff for years. You'll see him on E! News sometimes. He'll be on, um, <laughs> uh, what's the website? It's like a lot of, like, horror stuff. He'll go to Comic-Con, do all those things and stuff, and interview actors and do panels and stuff like that. So I think he's been able to integrate... All his skills in in journalism into this podcast. So his whole thing is every episode's a guest, you know, stuff like that. And we'll have guests from time to time. Sometimes it'll be two or three episodes in a row. Then we'll have a guest for months, you know. Uh, it just depends on timing and stuff like that. But yeah, it, is, it was weird. Then, like, you know, I think there's I don't know five or six now or something yeah. like that. But yeah, Trev Thomas I is ending this year too. I know, it's, I know, I know. It's getting to the end of the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be on it a, another time or two before he's done. That. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Care to share any of those
0: names or you want to keep them for yourself? As far as what? The names you had for the podcast. <laughs> Dude, I'll read the list right now, man. <laughs> I was literally just talking to somebody,
2: one of our other crew guys out here was like, um, he's a uh, Metallica fan too. And so we were talking and I was telling him uh, about the podcast, you know, when this tour first started. And so it was just about literally 15 minutes ago. Uh, I was like, oh, I got to up these dudes I'm doing this podcast with and they're fans of our podcast. And he... He asked me kind of something similar, like, what other names did you have? And I was like, I still have a list on my phone. So I just read this to him like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Here's all. all it's, it's not a huge list, but, and what's so, like I said before, one of these was actually ended up becoming another Metallica podcast. This guy is solo now. So I have, I, some of these aren't great. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the order I thought of I thought of them in po- Podcastica, uh, <laughs> metal, uh, Metallicast, which is now Metallica. Yeah, Podcast yeah. um, of Puppets, Master of Podcasts. Cast them all. I like that one. Yeah. So the sixth one was Metal Up Your Podcast. Metal Up Your Cast. Podcast Inc. Uh, this was one of my favorites, Podcaster of Sorrow. Yeah. That, that's, um, cool. that's cool. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to think of puns over yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I could have, like, the like, rhymes of speak and destroy. So, was, you know, they're not using the word podcast at all. Um, this was actually my favorite, even though a lot of people may have been turned off because it's of a St. Anger reference, but um, some kind of podcast. Nice. nice. Um, podcast under ice wherever my podcast podcast and destroy <laughs> so not far off from ryan's yeah. podcast and destroy
1: I, I i think you nailed it with metal up your podcast but cast them all
2: i really like cast them, them all yeah podcaster of cool. sorrow been cool but I, I i think what it came down to was like some of those were a little more obscure references like mm, yeah you know someone that's maybe a casual metallica fan may not know arbster of sorrow or may not know anything off of same anger yeah so it was just called some kind of podcast Yeah, you know, I don't know. So Metal Up Your Podcast just sounded like it's like has the word metal in it. It's a playoff field metal up your ass thing. So it it, it seemed to work. And I I literally made a logo that same night. I like that. The first logo we did with the Metallica M black and white logo. I made it that night in the hotel room. Santa Klein, is like yeah, that's awesome so that's kind of how it does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well if it was some kind of podcast somebody thought
1: it was like a grand funk thing or something you know, <laughs> or, or just I mean well, with, or, or John
2: Hughes movie in the 80s fucking totally <laughs> well with, with some kind of podcast too it, it, it you don't really, you wouldn't know what it is yeah Yeah. It's just yeah. some yeah. kind of podcast yeah, yeah. And if it was in the Metallica font maybe but if someone saw it listed and didn't see the font or the logo they wouldn't know so yeah. Right. Well, yeah. was
1: there anything that you learned that you've learned about Metallica
2: doing this that you didn't know before? Oh God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's stuff I'm still learning. Literally, like the, the dude Joey that came to the show last night in Wichita was talking to me about some recordings, like alternate versions of songs or things that I, I didn't really know about. There, there's stuff that you you learn all the time. I mean. I've been a fan of since I was like 11 years old mm-hmm. and I'm still like learning stuff about him. And if it wasn't for this podcast, like I would still know a lot about him, but we learn a ton from our fans too. And our listeners that like write in or we meet in person or whatever. We've gotten episode ideas because someone's been like, Oh, did you know about this or whatever? Or like, wait, mm-hmm. what? You know? Like the whole, like, this is obscure, but like the whole pancakes go thing. Yeah. You know that? I don't think so. So anytime you see him live now, you're never going to unhear it now watch any like footage of them playing Master Puppets live and right before it goes into Kirk's big ripper solo um, James always goes pancakes go he says pancakes go and it was an old thing that it started I guess with Anthrax and Metallica turned back in the day and I think Charlie from Anthrax I think it was him or Scott I think Charlie asked had asked Cliff Burton like what is James saying on Master Puppets right before the solo and Cliff had joked and said pancakes go he thought that's what it said. Or he, or maybe Charlie thought, he said, it, it sounds like Pancakes Go. And they thought that was hilarious. So he started actually saying that live. And sure enough, like the, the shows I saw in January, like he said Pancakes Go. <laughs> so like little things like that I've learned yeah. a bunch, which is crazy. You know, like it's just all these little tiny things. Where, I mean, I've watched so much more like behind the scenes stuff than I ever thought I'd ever watch. And. And stuff that I didn't know was even out there. Like, I mean, they're, they're such a well-documented band ever, really ever since the Black Album. But, I mean, there's stuff before that, obviously Cliff and Mall and a lot of footage from the Aussie tour and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, diving deep into even when we, we've done episodes, like the, the the Year in the Life series we've been doing, even that one, you know, if I'm researching a year, it's like, okay, on their website, you can look at the timeline, not, not much happened, but then I'll start searching on Google, like, Metallica, you know, 93 or whatever, and all of a sudden you find, well, they did this little contest on MTV for a fan to fly to San Francisco and jam with the band and stuff, and it's like, that wasn't on their website, but I found it, and yeah. so you learn how you find all these little things that they actually did do when they were off on tour, and so yeah, it's it's constant, I'm sure there's even more that I'll learn as <laughs> the show keeps going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how long does it take to put together one of those year episodes?
2: Uh, that one takes a little longer because it's a, a lot more research, you know. Right. Certain years, it's easy just to go to their website and like, okay, they were super busy. Here's this tour that they released this record, this <laughs> whatever EP, <clears throat> you know. But it's, you know, we like to be more thorough and find out other stuff that's not on the website because, you know, okay, it shows that they toured from this day to this day, but like, were there any notable things that happened in there, like special performances? Like, there was one of the years where um, I think we are on the Shit Sh- Hits the Sheds tour mm. and. They were the last show of the two were like Rob Halford came up with them and sang a Judas priest song. Really cool, yeah. That wasn't on their website timeline thing, but you can kind of dig deep and find that kind of stuff. So it takes it takes a bit. I mean, the last one that I researched I think was ninety three, ninety four, maybe. Sometimes we combine the years cause sometimes like literally nothing happened. <laughs> like yeah. they took the year off or whatever. Yeah. Or like one thing happened. Right? <clears throat> so that one I remember sitting in the hotel room and I was probably researching for about two hours. Wow. Um, just to make sure it's, and, and you know, you're kind of with doing an episode for a podcast, you're also trying to consider length too. We don't want it to be like a short, you know, most of ours are like two hours long, so we don't want it to be super short. You know, if it's like an hour and a half, it's fine, you know, but, um, we've had some go three and a half hours, you know, depending on what it is. If it's usually that's with a guest, like if Paul Mokes on the show or something, it'll be a lot longer. But, um, yeah, that one, I mean, you know, I'll research for two hours and then me and Clint will record for, you know hour and 45 to two hours and then edit for another hour or so yeah. depending on how many and we do it sometimes especially if we're in in person together at my studio with studio we'll do a lot more inserts we'll song examples things like that um and that takes a little more time too just to edit the episode you know there's times where i'll zoom out on my logic session and there's just like 25 tracks and there's all these little clips of things we've put in but it makes the show better you know it like People like that kind of stuff, you know, and sometimes we don't put a lot of those in there, but yeah, for those year episodes of it, it does, it takes a little while. Sometimes it's good to spread out over a couple of days too. Like, all right, I'll research today. We'll record tomorrow and then we'll edit that night or the next day, depending on time, like Saturday today as we're recording this. So if we were doing that today, I'd have to edit it tomorrow or we've done it where it's like, we'll start recording at 9 PM, Sunday night. and we Our goal is to always get up at midnight, Sunday night, Monday morning. Sometimes you know we go a little late, and all of a sudden it's out you know, a couple hours late, so, which doesn't really affect anybody unless they're like you know in Europe or something to yeah. listen to a podcast in the morning. But, uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. Well, um, you know,
1: you've talked to a lot of these, uh, you know, on, on the the Metal Tales segment that you do. You've talked to a lot more of these guys, but those diehard black ticket, yeah. people that I mean they go to every show. It's crazy,
2: man. How, how do they? How do they fucking I do afford that? it? Where's what's the money? Do you have a fucking job? I, you know, it is I, insane. It is crazy, man. There's a lot of people like our, you know, Sarah Stovec, who We've talked about on the show. She's mm. been a guest a couple times for Middle Tales. She's a sweetheart. Her and Pete her are amazing people. Um, I've never really like talked with them about it, but I mean, I think some people, you know, maybe they just they work a ton or or maybe have a job that's flexible enough where they can. I mean, Sarah and Pete went to almost every show on the North American tour. Like thirty plus shows. Yeah, and aren't they the same ones? I think
1: on their Instagram they they put a screenshot of they bought Australia tickets. Was that they one? did. Yeah,
2: they're holy They shit. got tickets to. I, I think what I think what people like Sarah and P two or like um, like um, Met Club Mike is one of the yeah, we, yeah popular dudes. Yeah. He went to every single show. Like Metallica posted a photo of him. Like they all wore suits for the last show and stuff. It was really cool. <laughs> but like I think what, a lot of times what a lot of these people do is that. When something gets announced, they just buy tickets right away and then plan it out later. You yeah. know, it's like for me, like when I saw M get announced, I was like, okay, how do I do this? You know, it turns out I can't even go because I'm going to be on vacation with my wife uh, for like two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I just can't go to it, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I think like, you know, people like Sarah Pete or uh, any of these diehards that we've gotten to know over the years, um, they, that gets announced, tickets go on sale, they buy tickets. And then I'll figure it out. I got this many months to figure it out. Yeah. So if they've got a normal job where they have to be there kind of nine to five, it's like, all right, well, I've got seven days of vacation left this year. I'm going to take it over that weekend, save up, whatever, and plan it out. Yeah. That seems to make a little more sense. Uh, Australia is a lot tough. I mean, that's a lot of money to fall yeah. down there, man. It's not, I've been to Australia numerous times and it's, it's. I guess now minimum round trip to Australia, even just from LA is probably going to be like 1200 bucks at least, you know, but plus, you know, to you and your wife or husband. It's like, that's double the price of everything, you know, yeah. but you know, people love this band. I mean, I, I, I can't fault it, man. I mean, if, if I had a more flexibility, like I would probably go to way more shows, you know? Um, it is interesting though. It might be fun to <laughs> start talking to people about that aspect yeah, of, yeah. of their fandom, you know. He, he got to work in a few of them
1: doing the. I can't even remember what it's called now. The through
0: CID for the.
2: Oh, you yeah. doing CID stuff then? Yeah. The, oh, cool. The, fan yeah, it's it's right the right. museum. God. Yeah, it's like the experiences. <laughs> yeah, whiplash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you would yeah, so you would get hired on as like basically like local crew to like yeah, go in there and help. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I mean, that's a good you know that's a great way to see a show if you're a fan of a band and you want to you know see whatever band you love get on the local crew because then you yeah. show up you push a bunch of cases you get stuff set up and then usually during the show you can kind of you can't get up there on the rail but like you can kind of stand back and watch the show and when the show's done you got to work again but
0: well the good thing with the vip packages is you're done once the show starts. So you do watch the show, you know? Yeah, totally. are not on... Because you're just working GFP and not crew, so...
2: Yeah. So did yeah. you... Okay, so you didn't have to, like, tear down and <laughs> stuff with him, or...?
0: Yeah, I mean, we tore it down, but we were done... Didn't take that long. One time, I think it was like five or ten minutes into the show, and the other time was before the show. Yeah, I mean, I figured all that
2: stuff they travel with is probably like in it, their own custom cases where yeah. they just open it up and it's all on display or yeah. whatever. Yeah, some of the stuff.
0: cases had displays already set up in them, and right? Some of the other stuff, like the interactive guitars, yeah, and all that stuff, you know, they totally man, they've got one of their traveling videos yeah. that because
2: they don't want to trust someone that's just coming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really is a good way to, to see a show if you and get paid, you know, it's yeah. like you get to especially with something like that where you're done pretty quick at the end of the night where you can just go watch the show and then yeah. take off yeah. you know it's like you make a little money you can work a little bit watch your favorite band and then yeah well, well in Kansas City we were in
1: line on the floor and we were right by Metal Mike yeah and he was going everybody was talking to him and some guy just straight up asked him, dude how do you do this <laughs> yeah. and he goes he goes well you know, I take a leave of absence, or you know, I do factory work. So I'll just go
2: find another job if I have to. Yeah, I mean, some people <laughs> like wow, right. that freedom is. You know, but I can. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't have a job that's like maybe you're not like super passionate about, if it's just a factory job or whatever. It, and it's it's some kind of job you can kind of get whenever. Yeah. And your bills aren't that high. It's like all right, well, I'm just gonna save up money and go do this. You know, um, or if you're, I you mean, know, heck, you could even drive for Uber and Lyft or something like you got that flexibility where like like heck if I was like single and wasn't a touring musician like because I do I'll do Uber and Lyft when I'm not touring if you know it's slow for me it's like you could essentially like drive to the next city where your favorite band's playing do Uber and Lyft all day <laughs> make money and then go to the show yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. that's not a bad idea <laughs> hmm <laughs> can I can't drive to Australia though <laughs> that's
0: so well you mentioned talking to the guy earlier on the crew here. Do you get a weirder reaction from someone in this world knowing that you have a Metallica podcast or do you get a weirder reaction from Metallica fans knowing that you
2: tour with Kings of Leon and to Breathe? Um, right, I right? think in the music world, in the touring world, people are more surprised when they have a Metallica podcast. Because they, in general, sometimes... Because, you know, podcasting is, like, insanely popular now. It's like... The golden age of podcasting, yeah. Everyone's starting yeah. a podcast, but oh, yeah. but I think a lot of people are still surprised when, like, you know, because there's a lot of people that, like, me when I first started my, my first podcast, it was like really nerve wracking, like, oh man, this is, I'm so nervous to put this out in the world. It's like putting out your first record, yeah. you know, it's like, what are people gonna think about it, you know? Um, so whenever I get in a conversation about stuff, and like the one dude I was talking about before about the podcast names, there's one day we were sound checking a few weeks ago, and I was just like, I was kind of waiting to sound check, and I suddenly playing my guitar, and I just started playing like. I can't remember what it was, like Sanitarium or something. I was just kind of bored. And I was playing with all these crazy delay pedals and making it sound weird. Then he came over. He's like, he didn't know that I had the podcast and I was a Metallica fan. He just thought I was backing up, need to breathe. And he's like, oh, you know that song? And I look kind of like that. I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> And he's younger, you know. And I looked at him, I was like, you know that song? And he started to kind of quiz me. He's like, all right, do you know this? And I played it. Is like, what about this? And I go, hang on, let me stop you right there. I go, I'm not trying to be cocky at all. I just want to let you know before you start quizzing me on Metallica songs, I do a Metallica podcast. I've got some knowledge. <laughs> and I've been playing Metallica songs on my guitar since I was 11. Um, so he was kind of like, oh, wow, you do, you do a podcast about that. So I think people are more surprised, you because it's a very specific topic. Mm-hmm. It's not like I do a sports podcast or I do a general music podcast. Yeah. It's like, why well, I do a podcast about one band so i think that's where people are more surprised you know and especially when i'm in an environment that's not metal at all yeah you know whether it's this or kings of leon or whatever it's people are like oh wow that's interesting you know and then when they ask you how many downloads do you get and i start telling them they're like oh like it's a real podcast like you (laughs) you actually get listeners and fans and all this stuff and yeah it's this it's this whole other kind of side life that's very surprising i think to some people you know Um, but it, it's fun. Man. It's, I mean, I just love friends that I don't even think realize I do it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, switching gears a
1: little bit, talk about the reggae covers on, you know, the yeah. cover. cover our it's kind of surprising. Yeah. It, yeah it, it, like, were those hard to convert into uh, reggae? Um, were there some that didn't work? So you had to... How did you know which ones that
2: would work in that? Uh, man, I, I, like, I just kind of picked like three or four or five that I thought would be cool to cover in general and then I just sat at home and I was like I would just kind of do like a halftime beat and just does that and I would just play it like a normal you know an acoustic or whatever I'm like oh that sounds kind of cool with that tempo and that feel mm-hmm. then I would just change the guitar to a ding, ding kind of reggae feel change the drum beat and kind of morph it into this thing and it flowed pretty quick you know and I and I just thought of, since I did a reggae record last year on my own I just thought, like, what a like fun left left field, you know, yeah. kind of idea. This would be to like throw out three reggae Metallica covers to Metallica community, and, see, <laughs> and people seem to dig it. So I was, you know, and I thought they were fun and a little more experimental and weird. I don't know if I'll do it on the next cover thing we do, but um, yeah. but yeah, I thought it was really fun and like, and it's a fun way for us because we we've done it a lot on the show where we. We have those radio episodes where we'll play other music and, you know, we kind of like want to try to get some of our listeners maybe exposed to music they never thought they'd listened to before too. It's just kind of a fun thing to do musically, you know, it's like, I've never been one to just be into one style of music forever, you know, like, and some people are like that and it's totally cool, there's nothing wrong with it, um, I just grew up in a very diverse family of you know my dad teaching me all about all sorts of kinds of music you know like when i was getting into metallica my dad was teaching me about led zeppelin and you know to paul simon to steely dan and all these bands and so i and on top of that i grew up and like was being influenced by all the southern california music like social distortion and no doubt and all these bands so i was getting this crazy eclectic amount of music growing up so for this kind of idea it was like okay most of our listeners are probably just metal fans so like let me take a song they know and make it like the style I grew up with and <laughs> yeah. see how it goes. And people seem to dig it. So I was, you know, I, I mean, it's still the song you like, you know, it's just different styles. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, and it's fun to try different, like the first, you know, um, cover coverable, black and thing we put out. I just did kind of like the singer songwriter kind of Western-ish sound to it. And I just thought I'd do something different for the next one. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's just my eclectic taste in music coming out. You know, it's, you know, I didn't really plan it out. It just kind of happened one day. I was like this, you know, memory remains sounds really cool. Like chill and reggae and like, let's do it, you know? And and the way I do reggae, it's not like traditional, there's traditional elements to it, but it's kind of my take on it. You know, it's my flavor of reggae, you know, it's like all my other influences that I just kind of mentioned all coming out into, then I think at that style of music and it's, you know, a little different I think so yeah well yeah. Let It Burn is I have it it's
1: great um, I don't mean to like geek boy throw up on it anything, <laughs> but it's really cool and just the way you say your style of it uh, we've talked about this with some friends of ours I, I like what what you do you like the cause I hate when I hear reggae done by white dudes and they do the accent and all oh like yeah that's not me. I can't <laughs> I'm not gonna put on a dreadlock weird that. Yeah. yeah yeah so I mean um <clears throat> those songs, I mean, were were they reggae songs or were they just songs again
2: that you kinda had to make for, into reggae for lever? Oh yeah. for my record. Um I had pretty much intended on making that record, but okay. like I, I, I was I started writing those songs when I was still on tour of Kings of Leon, like pretty much every, every day off in hotel rooms I would, you know, go grab some food, work on music in a hotel room, start demoing songs, you know. I demoed almost all the songs in hotel rooms. You know that was pretty much my schedule on days off with that with that uh, tour and um, yeah I just missed it because I hadn't I hadn't I was in a band years ago called the Supertones like back in California it was like a ska reggae rock kind of band and I hadn't really written that stuff in so long and I kind of missed it I still listen to it a ton you know like you know Bob Marley Toots and the Maytals all these old you know Jamaican reggae and ska artists. And uh, yeah, I started writing this song that kind of sounded, I just was strumming like normal, you know, like it'd be like a folk or country kind of strum or whatever. I mean, this is a cool melody. And then I, one day I just decided like, I should do like a reggae record. Like this could be a cool like, kind of reggae flavored song. And, and that's just kind of where it went. So once I decided that, then every song after that was like, I had a focus, like I'm going to make it like this. And so, and I might still start it where I'm just like, if you heard me playing it, it might just sound like singer-songwriter kind of thing. But, you know, then when I start demoing a song, it's like going to program some drum beats, bassline, all that stuff. Then it fully changes into this different thing. But even now, like even since the record's came out, I've played, you know, a couple shows in Nashville, then I've done a couple solo shows where I can't do what I do on the record because it's just me. So I'll play them kind of like I wrote them, where it's just me playing electric guitar with a bunch of reverb and... You know, to kind of you know, fill out the gaps, and it's just me playing guitar and singing, so it doesn't sound reggae at all because there's no way to really do that by yourself unless you. I mean, I can't just be playing and going on guitar, it gets a little, you know, the bass and drums are what kind of make the rhythm of reggae, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess to answer your question, I mean, it I didn't intend to do it initially, but then once I the first one I kind of wrote for a new project or new record. Once I kind of made it into a reggae and I was like, this is cool. And I miss this. And I miss recording with horn players and having a bunch of like keys and synths and all these organs on the record. And that's kind of where it came from, you know, and might've been a total left field record for people that follow me from the podcast and stuff. Like, you know, um, but like I said before, like turning people on to that kind of music, it's been cool. We've had a bunch of listeners email in like, yeah, I never really considered ever listening to reggae music, but because of your record or because of your Metallica covers being reggae, like, I started listening to Bob Marley or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. and that's always the best place to start because he's like the king of, you know, he's the Beatles of reggae, so. <laughs> Isn't
0: that weird to think you're a gateway of Bob Marley and not the other way around? I'll take it, man. <laughs> that's it. I'll totally <laughs> take that. But that's how it works though.
2: I mean, that's the, you take Metallica. I mean, you know, Metallica's the reason is I discovered the Misfits. Right. You know, because um, they were influenced by the Misfits and love that band, you know, yeah. like when they covered Last Caress and Green Hell on Garage Days, I was like, when i was young and got that record i thought these were metallica songs i didn't know what cover songs were when i was that young then when i got a little older i was like oh these are somebody else's songs and i started learning about that as, as i'm learning guitar and, and stuff and so that's why i was like wow I, who are the misfits you know and then i go find them and be like oh my gosh this, this whole other world opens up about that band you know and then you take that band and who are they influenced by and it's it's fun to go back in time so if if Man, if my music can do that for somebody, then great. That's cool, you know. Yeah. If someone can listen to my record and go, like, oh, I'll go listen to Bob Marley or just look up other reggae stuff. And it's tough with reggae and ska music because there's a lot of goofy stuff out there. The same thing with most genres, but ska, especially in the 90s, had this, like, resurgence, and it was very ska rock. Very, I liked a lot of that. I mean, I was in that scene, you know, uh, in the 90s, in the kind of early 2000s. And it's very good. Like, man, it's like Real Big Fish or the Aquabats. There's a like goofiness to it, you know? It's like, but it got huge for a while, you know? So sometimes when, when I tell people, like, oh yeah, I made a reggae ska record, and they're like, oh, like Real Big Fish. I'm like, no, 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 it's nothing. Like, no disrespect to those dudes at all, but it sounds zero like that, you know? Like, cause a lot of people that, that music got so popular in the nineties. That's what most people think about and think, especially ska music. And sometimes when you say reggae, they're like, oh, sublime. You're like, yeah they were cool but it's different than that you know so go further back you know yeah but it's fun to do that with any any band you like you know like oh i'm a you know huge fan of whatever hailstorm you know start following them on social media see what kind of music they're maybe posting about or read interviews with them or listen to interviews or podcasts where they talk about other bands and like we have on the show we're talking about all sorts of music you know and it's cool to see i mean like anybody from them to metallica you'll hear them in interviews talk about other artists they love then it just, you get into that and keep going back in time. And it's just a fun little experiment, you know. If you want to, get, if you want to widen your you know, yeah. taste in music. Yeah. If you don't, then just keep listening to one of <laughs> <laughs>
0: Were you into reggae at a young age, or was it because mm-hmm. of ska and punk and um, your background? And that, that kind of got you into it. I
2: got into reggae before ska. So a quick history lesson, very brief. Most people think that um, reggae started and then ska after that. Everyone always thought it was like a sped-up version of Reggae, and it was actually the opposite. Ska music kind of started first, like early, you know, 60s Jamaica. Gotcha. So like a band, called, There's one band in particular called the Now, Even Bob Marley, before he it was Bob Marley and the Whalers, like he was in a thing called the Whalen Whalers. Right. And they were like an old kind of R&B ska band. You know, ska came from R&B music, and then it, Bob Marley was kind of one of the pivotal dudes that kind of slowed it down. I just smoked a ton of weed and played a lot slower <laughs> and then that kind of turned into reggae. But, um, yeah, I got introduced to it pretty like in probably early high school, um, just friends at school. And then I remember somebody being at my church was like playing me Bob Marley and I was like, what is this? This is so cool. and Laid back and started to learn how to play that kind of, you know, kind of guitar and where it's more a percussion, percussion instrument as opposed as a lead instrument. And, uh, but then, you know, m- mid-high school also, and that's when, like, the Scott explosion happened in the 90s, so it was, like, you couldn't ignore it. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah. And then No Doubt was a huge one because they were, like, a local band where I grew up. You know, I grew up, you know, in Long Beach originally, but, you know, mainly Orange County. So, even there from Anaheim, and it was, like, everyone knew who No Doubt was there, and then they put out the Tragic Kingdom record and it just exploded. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, everyone knew what Scott music was and stuff like that. And Sublime got huge and all that stuff, so... Yeah, but I definitely got into it at a young age, and then, but then, you know, going, like, figuring out, like, the relationship with certain genres of music or what other artists are influenced by, you know, that's how I discovered The Clash, you know, and that became one of my favorite bands of all time, you know, and they had songs that had reggae influence and ska influence and punk influence and pop dance and all this stuff yeah. it was like a very eclectic band you know so yeah it's an it's an endless trail if you if you, yeah. if you allow yourself to go down and, uh, Rudy Don't Fail I love that song Clash. oh yeah you Can't Fail yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah oh my god oh, that's awesome yeah that's the only other band that I've considered starting a podcast on I haven't even looked at this see if there's another one but um <laughs> If I had to do it right though, I have to have to do it with a friend back in California who is a, a massive Clash fan. Yeah. you know, we were in a band ago years ago. that was very influenced by the Clash. Yeah. Would it be called Pod uh, Clash? I just oh like, hey. don't know. See, I don't <laughs> know. if I had to do another one one day, I don't know if I would do the pun thing again or not. You know, like the <laughs> he's all about the puns. Don't get us started. Well, I mean, that's what ours the is. And <laughs> podcast, <you know? laughs> Same thing, you know. Yeah. There, yeah, I don't know, maybe. it'd be, it'd be because you could do, like, a podcast calling, or whatever, it's, yeah. it's kind of easy, yeah. I think, to throw in the pun of it, <laughs> the word podcast, um, yeah, there'd be a, you know, uh, would be another one, like, um, uh, shoot, I'm totally like some Clash fan I am, um, <laughs> like, uh, rock the podcast, That's instead of rock right. the Casbah or something, yeah. you know, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But there's also right now, like there's a there's a podcast out on Spotify. Even though we include been dog Spotify lately because yes. all their beat that stuff, but I do need to listen to it because it's it's the whole. Even though I know a lot of their history and I've seen all the documentaries, there's a new po- Clash podcast out there, narrated by Chuck D from Public Enemy. Oh wow, and, that's um, cool. I Think they have like four episodes out right now, but I need to listen to that because I'm a huge Public Enemy fan and Clash fan, so but gotta check that out. Yeah. So, so is that something you're Seriously considering, or is it the just last podcast? Yeah, it's okay. just one of the ideas on the chalkboard. <laughs> I mean, one of these days, like I definitely can't take on another podcast right now, right? Because I'm 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 about to start getting my pirate satellite podcast kind of back up and going too. Now that I'm on the road and around other musicians because mine's all just talking to artists and stuff, and it's a guest every episode kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's been kind of kind of uh, on a hiatus for the last year so I'm going to start getting that back up and going so to, to throw a third one in there would be just yeah. <laughs> right, a little chaotic you know um, and my my personal podcast I mean I can I don't have to stick to a schedule like not just throw them out whenever I do you know I, I, where me and Clint have a pretty you know, pretty good regimen going you know where it's like every Monday something's got to come out yeah but mine's a little more low pressure so but maybe you know one day if you know one day when you know we bring this one to an end I'll definitely want to do another one about a band just because it's really fun you know um we'll see yeah the clash would be an obvious choice for me because I'm, I'm a huge fan you know i think when you are doing a podcast about a specific artist it, it should definitely be one that, that's been around for a good while where there's a lot of content you know like you know like artists like prince or the clash or the cure um someone who has at least like a 20-year career you know if you did a podcast about like a band that's only has three records out or something, you'd run out of content fairly quick, you know, or kiss. Obviously those guys, you know, they've been yeah. out forever. So someone can do Van Halen pie. I know I'm sure there's a bunch of these out there. I haven't even looked. But <laughs> I know, I know there's a few Van Halen ones. Yeah. I'd have not listened to
1: them. But, um, I, I guess kind of bring it back around. We asked Clint this, uh, how long, you know, because Metallic is getting up there. Yeah. How long do you think they have
2: left? I mean, another album tour cycle? I or? hope that there's at least another album tour cycle. I mean, but, you, you know, you have to kind of consider, as much as all sort of would love left them to go on forever, it's like you obviously have to consider age and health and stamina and even songwriting ability or, or lyric writing ability. Like sometimes people just start to lose that, you know? Like there's. I've gotten into this discussion with numerous people and I've used Aerosmith as an example that they haven't made a good record in possibly two decades. Like, You know what I mean? Like since the early 90s. I mean, their last record I think was a cover record. Which is fun. They're also great musicians. Steven Tyler's still a hell of a singer. And I think sometimes maybe that chemistry just kind of goes away. You know, that you'd have when you were younger and stuff. So I don't know. With Metallica, I mean, if Hardwired is any indication, I mean, I'm sure they still got some good stuff left. I mean, that record's incredible. You know, I don't think many Metallica fans thought that a record like that would come out post Sane Anger. Mm-hmm. And even Death Magnet, which I love. I love that record. Yeah. Like, sonically, it's has its issues, but um, I still listen to that record a ton. There's some mm-hmm. great songs on that record. So I think that James still has a ton of good songwriting in him. Lars is a, the great arranger. <clears throat> you know, even would just said recently, like, that, you know, they'll have another record sooner than later kind of thing. So I don't think we'll have to wait eight years which would be nice. Um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I hope, I hope for at least another album and album cycle, you know, you got to consider like, okay, let's say an album comes out in, so it's been two and a half years since Hardware. Yeah. So let's say another two, let's say two, this is very generous without, you know, them taking their time to record. Let's say in two years, they have another record out. Um, What's James? Fifty-five years old. I yeah, think I think they're all 54. 55. So Let's say he's fifty-five. without no, <laughs> looking it up. <laughs> um, I mean, that's two more years. Still comes out. He'd be fifty-seven. Then a three-year album cycle. He'd be sixty. Ooh. At the end of that album cycle. Now, again, now that people can't tour at age sixty, I and mean, they look at the Rolling Stones. Yeah. But the Rolling Stones aren't playing Metallica's kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there's not a lot like metal bands that have that high-energy show. It's like. I don't know. I, I guess it's just a, a personal choice for them on when to just be realistic and be like, "Hey, like I physically can't really keep up with this." Or do you start touring and maybe not play as many of the thrashers, you know, Except that that's yeah, yeah. more more requires more endurance? I don't know. I mean, this is this is me just spitballing here, but okay. <clears throat> I think I, I mean, in my dream world, they will never end, you know. Yeah. but um, <laughs> I also don't want I don't want my favorite band to get to the point where it's kind of sad, right. you know. <clears throat> it's kind of like when your dog gets really old it's like man he's in a lot of pain he's not he's not performing like he used to maybe it's time to hang it up you know <laughs> well um, when you
0: look at someone like Iron Maiden I mean they're energetic that's that's the and thing they're yeah, older they're they're James X is a good example they're oh, yeah, I mean, like they're not seven, that now. high of a level but they're yeah that yeah. Finnick is 70 and he's energetic on stage I mean I don't know
2: yeah I mean it, it, it all you know time will tell man I mean I, I would love it to, to go on for yeah. Till you know they're seventy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I've seen Maiden a few times, and like, you know, I think as long as everyone takes care of themselves and remains healthy, and you know, um, I think we've got a lot of good years to come with Metallica. Which, you know, like I said, at least there's one more record would be awesome. But if for some reason worst case scenario they're like, you know, just kidding, I think we're done. Yeah. I'd be bummed, but I also would be so glad that Hardwire was the last record I got. You know? that's a that's a good point. I so think we'll see. You know, yeah. I just know that like when there's certain bands or like, not that I want like you two to, to hang it up because they're still a great live band. In my opinion, I'm sure a ton of people would have, would disagree with me, but I don't think they really made a good record in the last few. Um, maybe not enough to hang it up because they can still tour and they still great players and is still a great singer. But at a certain point, it's like, okay, maybe you just focus on touring and giving people the songs they want. But then there's that balance of like, do we want to be this like legacy act where we're just playing old songs and I don't know, I mean, to me Metallica is still very relevant, you know? Um, so we'll see, you know, I'd like, I'd like another Metallica record or two yeah, for sure. they stick with Greg Filament too, I mean, then the, you know, they'll sound great, Yeah. it's hardware. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I still listen to it constantly. I mean, I've, I've probably listened to that record more than any other record in the last two and a half years. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. You know, it's a good one. There. There's a few other records I've gotten to maybe in the last six months that I've I can't stop listening to, but that one's been very consistent on rotation. Mm-hmm. Still is. Just had the vinyl on the other day for the for two or so. <laughs> 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 so Metallica live.
0: What are a few songs that you've never seen him play that you would wish well, you would get at your show?
2: Speaking of Hardwired, spit out the Bone, I still haven't seen. I saw four shows on the World War II tour and they didn't place about the bone. I got either... It was always the Encore one slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I either got Blackender or, or Battery, which is safe. Hey, not complaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. spell the Bone was such a big deal for them to debut that I really wanted to see that. Um, we got it back in Kansas City. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that was, that was great. I've never seen... Um, I've never seen Fire with Fire. Um, Dyer's Eve, obviously, would be amazing. I would love to see some... Black album, Deep Cuts. Yeah. My Friend of Misery is one of my top all-time Metallica songs. And I've only gotten to get on YouTube and see them play. You know, I've never seen that actually live. Um, Just the last
0: three. Just play the last three songs I've had. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> I mean, struggle with them. I mean, yeah. there's so many good yeah. ones. I wish they would
2: They would have done that Black album tour over here, like, oh, full on, where they played it backwards. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that, like, will... I uh, have a friend that's, like, Listen. He told me this years ago. He's like, listen to the black album backwards and imagine that being the record. You know, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, it it definitely like was like a banger at the beginning, and then it was like slowed down. But it was <laughs> that. I think he told me one time to switch understand Sandman and Struggle Within, and he thought that was yeah. a good one. But yeah. uh yeah, I mean, God, there's there's a ton of songs that I've never seen. I mean, like, I've only seen them five times total, you know. Mm. Um And there's people that we've talked to that've seen them over a hundred times, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. there's always songs that they you know. I was even the dude I was talking to at the show last night in Wichita, uh, Joey, we were t- something came up about the Death Magnetic tour, and that was the first time I saw them after all these years and I always missed them because I was on tour. And I was like, I didn't look up the set list that I saw. I kind of forgot what they played. It's been like eight years. And I was just like, Oh my god, I got to see so many Death Magnetic songs. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. You know, Mind Night Oversee again. Yeah, know. they played um even um a Hero of the Day, they did uh, Turn the Page when I saw them and stuff like that. Wow, yeah. Um, so, the, like, there was, the, there was a good number of songs in the setlist I saw on definitely Death Magic, Magic tour that they didn't even play on this whole tour. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love to see, you know, some, some more deep cuts, definitely, yeah. for sure. Um, we'll see. What, I hope they change the setlist up a bit on this European thing you're about to do. And like, they'll do yeah. all the staples they have to, you know, yeah. Sabatru and Puppets and saying and all that stuff. They have to do it, but... Yeah be cool. They, they hinted at a few D They didn't know Leaf Clover at the beginning of this last tour. Um, they and they I'm did Unforgiven 3. That yeah, I' 3 is one of my shit. favorite songs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I got Dire's Eve probably about 10 years yeah. ago. I was way, way, way up there yeah. in Dallas, and you could see him hit the cymbal before you heard the cymbal. Yeah.
2: But I got Dire's Eve. Hey, that's awesome. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. That performance of them, and uh, uh, what's the, is it? Nice Italy, right you pronounce it Nice. <laughs> oh yeah. The, um, is that the one? Is it Italy? Where they're in that cool like or is it Greece or something? Oh France. Nimes or something. Nimes, like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We did it, we did it know, We did I think we did an episode that one. Um, <laughs> that one is where they played Darzee, Eve, I think, for the first time in forever. Yeah. man, um, and it was so good. That's a cool DVD too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Totally yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, we went and saw him on the St. Anger tour and like I wasn't planning on going to be talking into it. And uh they played "Bleeding
2: Me." Oh wow! Yeah, that was You know, nice. I haven't seen them play that since. Yeah. I only seen
0: them a few times since then. But yeah. yeah. Oh, even to hear some some other "Load Reload"
2: stuff would be great because they're yeah. only this whole tour. They only did two off of "Reload." Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. nothing yeah. off of load so I mean, you know, I even like "Attitude" or you know, um, "Wasting My Hate." It was cool to see some I of those songs. So. But yeah, know. we'll see if the sad list happens, in, in, you know, in uh, Europe with a stadium thing. Um, hope some cool deep cuts and I'm just excited about this SM stuff man it's, yeah I know now that there's two shows I, I hope they've you know they we'll, pull up some good you stuff
0: you know, clever back up there it has to yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> like, what are they going to
1: play oh my god you, and you know they'll they'll do some hardwired
2: stuff absolutely yeah those are yeah. some hardwired I, I think they'll do Unforgiven 3 that one just bagged. it has I mean the whole intro to it on the record is piano and strings so Yeah, they, they gotta do
1: that well you guys' point about they were maybe that's why they played those songs.
2: That was Clint's. Yeah, Clint. His yeah, observation yeah. yeah. I thought was really good. Is yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, dude, I didn't either. said <laughs> it, I was like, "You're a genius." <laughs> Am I yeah. stupid
0: to think that they should play <laughs> those three songs in a row some some day or so? Which one? Unforgiven, the three unforgivens. Oh yeah, well, our last <laughs> uh, two
2: episodes ago, we talked. We did a whole thing on when they announced SNM two. And we, we redid our dream S&M set list, and I had it on my first one and this episode where it was um, the, the Unforgiven Trilogy is played, yeah. and I think the last one we did a couple weeks ago was they ended the, the main set with uh, Unforgiven 1, and everyone thought, okay, cool, they did Unforgiven, like, they're not going to do anything, you know, yeah. they're going to come back with Unforgiven 2, and then... Intermission happens, they come back and they do two, and they're like, oh my gosh, and then they do three, and minds are blown. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it would be, it, I think it would be, I think their fans would freak out if they did all three. Yeah. I think it'd be cool, but who knows? I think I think we'll get, I think we'll get the one, at least one or three, because I mean, they've been playing three, it begs for And then that announcement, they talked about doing stuff, new ones that came out after S&M, so... Mm-hmm but they did say they didn't spec- here's my theory is that they didn't specifically say we're going to do Michael Kamen's arrangements that were on S&M 1 they said we're going to be doing Michael Kamen arrangements now they did go through other songs that didn't make on S&M okay. that, he, that he wrote arrangements for oh wow interesting so we'll see you know <laughs> yeah. so that, I mean because like you know Sanitarium wasn't on there like, that would have been awesome yeah know? yeah um, definitely but uh yeah
0: well, what do you, I'm, I know you guys talked about this on the show but what do you think songs from Hardwired would work well on
2: that setting? So. Oh, I mean Halo and Fire for sure Right. I think that's a no brainer if they don't do that I'm shocked shocked um, Halo and Fire um, I think they'll do Atlas Rise Halo and Fire Moth in the Flame um, I can see them maybe doing um, Dream No More would be awesome yeah yeah because that's kind of their like heavy Sabbath True kind of yeah you know yeah um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, my main one, my main one is "Dream" no- or uh, "Hail and Fire." I mean, that's that's almost my favorite song. Yeah, before. I can see that for sure. And that that one would just be so beautiful. Those quiet verses. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's like epic kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Man. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, we appreciate you. Heck yeah! Out, yeah, I'm, good I'm, good time. I'm glad it worked out. I didn't yeah, do it over sure. the phone or anything.
2: So yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. There you go, Ethan Luck of Metal Up Your Podcast. A huge thank you to him for taking the time out there. Like, you know, we talked to him for over an hour, and that was a show day. You know, so yeah, that's, definitely. That's and always then, really cool.
1: And then even after, you know, when we were outside, we were talking to him forever. Uh, super great guy, super gracious, and it's just cool to to see somebody's path to so many different avenues and genres in in the rock world. Um, just a great conversation. So glad we could have him on.
0: Yeah, I think what you mentioned there, and back on our Clint episode, is that you know you think these guys coming from a world outside of heavy metal, you know, even though Ethan's been in a metal band, but it's like it gives them a a different perspective that might end up being better than if just two metal fans are talking about Metallica all the time. You know? I I,
1: th- I think so. I mean, you know, the, one of the things you know when you, when you start listening to these podcasts. You you want to you want things to make you go wow I never thought about it that way, and you know there's a few different you know Jamie Josta Dean Del Rey and you know metal up your podcast they they all make me go wow no shit yeah you know Alpha Metallica too
0: yeah and that's another one to mention yeah if you, if you like Metallica podcasts Tom Quee does a great job he's been going through the alphabet basically all Metallica songs in order alphabetically both uh. Clint and Ethan have been on there more than once. Both Jason and I have been on there. Yes. And I know Jason will be on there Thinking again coming up. and I'm
1: going to be on there again. And
0: Ethan said they'll be on there again as well. Before oh, we yeah.
1: End. And and he he ramped it up. He's doing two episodes a week now, so he can hurry up and get it done. Yeah,
0: I think he's tired of it. Huh? Yeah, I don't no. fucking
1: blame him, man. The work that guy's put in, can you imagine?
0: But you know, as soon as that ends, he's probably going to start one for someone else. Oh, yeah. He's
1: already, he's going to do like a... He's do, he's talked, he's talked about it. Um, he's going to do one where he goes over, I think a catalog, a band of an episode or something. I don't know. But then he, he, you know, he talked about a system of a down one on some of his episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's going to be wrapping up this fall. So, you know, you should try to get on there again. There's still slots. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. You might end up with a goddamn. uh Lulu song or something, but <laughs> fuck, you know.
0: <laughs> now, I know, you know, the W's are still coming, and I asked him about Wasting My Hate a long time ago, and he oh, said okay. that was taken, it was oh, probably uh, taken by Ethan, because he but, mentioned it in this episode. Yeah,
1: and that's one of the Metallica's <laughs> best songs ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is, so. Yeah. But yeah, so, once again, a big thank you to Ethan, and Clint was on here on episode 207, so once again, go check that one out. And like we mentioned up front, here just about I think it was episode two eighteen, a couple episodes ago, we talked to our buddy Kevin Graham about, you know, some recent Metallica shows that we had saw in Kansas City, Tulsa and Wichita, and then just shows from the past as well. We've also had several episodes where we just talk about Metallica, you know, whether it oh, be yeah. the shows we saw or whatnot, all that kind of stuff. But we've got Two hundred and nineteen more episodes you can go check out. And there's been Dave Elfson from Megadeth has been on here. Chris Broderick from Megadeth and Active Defiance. We've also had on other metal guys like John Connolly from Seven Dust. Mike Dean and Reed Mullen were both on here separately from and Conformity. We've had on Gene Simmons from Kiss. Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss. We've had on Tommy Victor from Prong. Kirk Winstein from Down and Crowbar, Jimmy Bauer from Down and Superjoint, and I Hate God. And we've had on um I'm not drawing a blank. <laughs> we always draw blanks. Yeah, it's like I know all the that Sons of Texas. Weird. Fuck me. Candlebox. Warrant. We've had on a lot of glam bands. If you if you yes. like those, we make no apologies for the fact that we love that era and still do. We've had on guys yes, from definitely slaughter, kicks. Junkyard, L.A. Guns, Takedo, Warrant, Trickster, Firehouse, Europe, Tesla, Dockin. I'm sure there's a couple more I'm forgetting. We've also had on Shooter Jennings. We've had on Wino from The Obsessed. Fat have had on guys from Death Angel. Sid Falk, formerly of Overkill, was on here for a two-part episode. We've had on a ton of people from our regional area as well. So just dig through there and check it all out. Letheonunderground.com. You can find all the podcasts there. You can also listen pretty much anywhere, podcast or heard. You can also hear us every Monday night, 7 p.m. Central on 1027 WSNR. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube. We've got a bunch of videos where we talk about shows, albums, cheese, random stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, just look it up. You'll get it. But, yeah, I guess that, does that cover it for our number 220 here? I think so. All right, we'll, we'll, be ne- we'll be back Excuse me, next week for episode 221, and it'll finally be a current episode as far as current events go. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And thanks again to Ethan Luck, MedFarm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time.
2: When they said that yeah, um, doing Michael Kamen arrangements was okay, well, surely Michael Kamen was like, you guys, we got to do and uh, Unforgiven. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just, it's Unforgiven. Yeah, symphony exactly. incredible. <laughs> so, maybe they, maybe they did it, you know. I remember reading, like, rumors years ago about, like, here's some ones that they, mm. you know, had planned but didn't do. You know? Yeah. yeah. They probably rehearsed and had another, I would think, like, at least in four songs yeah. that Michael came and wrote arrangements for. Exactly. Maybe they did a big rehearsal, production rehearsal and then, Narrowed it down. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think if they would have actually performed, that we would all know about it. Yeah, you yeah. And didn't put it on the record. Yeah, but exactly. So yeah, they didn't even do Unforgiven. for or Sanitarium. That's crazy.
1: Or Fade Black. Yeah, they that's didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, one of those are gonna.
2: Yeah, it has
0: to Sanitarium term. or Fade Black. It has to.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's what's crazy. Now, Sanitarium, no Fade Black. Like the songs you would think would have string arrangements. Yeah, exactly. 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 Thunder Underground, y'all.